0: Bismillahir Rahmanir Insha'Allah ta'ala, after watching this video, the listeners will not be in any need of a raqi, a person who recites ruqya and makes money from people. There have been in the recent past some people who have been reciting the Ruqya and making money from the public, extorting the public. And uh, some time ago, one of them was exposed as an atheist who actually didn't believe in Islam, but was exploiting people. Similarly, you have magicians, a Sahara, people who claim to cure magic, utilizing magic. And then you have peers today who claim to cure people, in fact, what they use are not in fact cures, but in reality are impermissible things in the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And sometimes just trickery of the mind, playing mind tricks with people who are already mentally affected. So with regard to magic, jinn possession, and the black eye or the evil eye, there are cures from the sunnah of the Prophet Wasallam. But before we delve into the cure for magic, gin possession and the black eye, it's essential to mention that many people have mental health issues, many people have emotional issues, some people have actual medical issues and the Peer factory, the ways of making money from people are through placebo effect type of medicines or the pretension to utilize curing uh, uh, ruqyah restations of adiyah, which are not from the sunnah of the Prophet and are impermissible in the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like the utilization of astrology, which is totally impermissible in the sharia, and also doing things which have no basis in the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like the utilization of graves, Some of them order the people to go to grave sites, carry out practices and rituals in the graves, uh, give food to jinn, sacrificial things to the jinn. So many different practices uh, which I have studied in depth and all of these things are impermissible in the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's essential for someone firstly to go to a medical health professional to determine their illness, whether it's mental health issues, whether it's health issues in terms of physical health and many people within our community refuse to acknowledge mental health issues. So a person may actually be utilizing some type of uh, recreational drug that affects their mental health or they may be taking gas balloons which have become so common and they believe it's gin possession because the community encourages them to think that these are actual gin possession or magic, the ailments, the symptoms of jinn and magic, when in reality, it's the symptoms of taking narcotics and chemicals which affect the brain. So firstly, before entering the subject, it's essential to get the advice of a mental health professional and a doctor with regard to your ailments. Now, secondly, the best cure is of course, prevention. And within the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi firstly before sihr is done or before a person has any type of ailments which are from the effects of jinn which cause human sickness, the best cure is what? Prevention. So we hear from many people, they say we recite Ayatul Kursi or we recite al Muawwidhatayn but we do not feel the ailments and the symptoms going away because we recite these things, but we do not feel any better. The response with regard to that is, if it is actual sihr or jinn possession, then it has already been done to you. And the al-mu'abwidatain and ayatul kursi are a prevention before the ailment, before the sickness. Another point to mention here is with regard to jinn possession. Some people deny jinn possession. The denial of jinn possession was a position of the Mu'tazila. Some people held this position, but this view is incorrect. Why are people today denying jinn possession? Because they conceptualize jinn possession as being that when someone is possessed by a jinn, they will behave like a robot. The jinn will control them like a robot or they will speak to people and converse with them like a jinn. This is the false conceptualization of jinn possession. Jinn possession entails that the person will feel drowsy, at times they may faint. Yes, the jinn can speak on the tongue of the victim in certain states, but the jinn cannot control the person like a robot. Otherwise, the the judges in the courts would have dismissed so many murder cases and so many violations so many uh, crime, uh, criminal acts, so many crimes, and the penal code, the Islamic uh, justice system would have had examples of people who are possessed by jinn and they carry out actions. Many times people who act like they have jinns, this is actually an act. I have caught many people in the act when people have come to me, sometimes the young uh, women who do not want to marry the choice of their parents they behave like they have jinn sometimes the brother may be in collusion with them to support them and they talk like they have jinn but in reality that's not jinn possession jinn possession has very specific ailments uh, very specific signs and symptoms that the professional truthful uh, will be able to detect and there are certain ruqya that are recited which determine whether this person has jinns And there are certain effects that take place after that ruqya is recited. A point to mention here now also is that Rasulullah prohibited an nushrah. An nushrah is in reference to all types of cures that entail magic, sihr, or that which has those things which are ineligible, the meaning of which is unknown. So if you ever receive a ta'weez, you do not know what the ta'weez means. It's scribbles. And some of these peers, what they do, they just write scribbles. It's a fact. Some of them may just make up a demonic signs. Some of them may not write demonic signs, but they may just write numbers. But in reality, these things have no basis in the Sharia. They fool people by giving them a piece of paper, making them wear the piece of paper, which has a placebo effect. And then they take money from the people. So anushra nushra is in reference to those things which are recited, the meaning of which is unknown, or those things which are written down, the meaning of which is unknown. So people should avoid those Ta'awid, the Ta'awidat, that the meaning of which is unknown. And those things which are ineligible, uh, people do not know. What is written and what is the meaning of those things which have been written there? With regard to prevention before the affliction of magic, a person recites Surah Al-Ikhlas, which is "Qul Allahu Ahad," with "A'udhu billahi minash min ash-shaytāni bismillahir Bismillāhir-Raḥmāni-Raḥīm, and they also recite Surah Al-Falaq, which is Surah Al-Falaq, "Qul A'udhu bi Rabbil to the end of the surah, and also. Surah Al-Nas. These chapters, it has been related with regard to these chapters from a to Aisha ta'ala anha, that Rasulullah would recite these chapters below on the hands, then wipe the face and the entire body after reciting these chapters. In some narrations, it states each chapter is recited three times. After every salah, And then once before sleeping. Additionally, a person recites ayatul kursi. They recite Allahu la ilaha illa al-hayyul qayyum until the end of the ayatul kursi. And they blow on the hands and they blow on the face and on the entire body. This is prevention before affliction. What has also been related from Ka'ab al-Ahbar rahimahullah ta'ala that he would recite the following dua. أعوذ بوجه الله العظيم الذي ليس شيء أعظم منه وبكلمات الله التامات التي لا يجاوزهن بر ولا فاجر وبأسماء الله الحسن كلها ما علمت منها وما لم أعلم من شر ما خلق وبرأ وذرأ And he said, if I did not recite these words on a daily basis, then the magicians from the Jewish community at that time, they would have affected me. And he, he says, by way of hyperbole, that they would have made me a donkey in order to demonstrate the strength of this dua. So you recite such type of adiyya, such type of dua every day. Many of you can acquire the book Al-Adhkar of imam Al-Nawawi ta'ala, which is available in English also. And within the book Al-Adhkar, you will find these ad'iyah, these supplications. In one hadith of Rasulullah narrated by al-imam Muslim in al-Sahih, Rasulullah said, La ba'sa ruqa ma lam yakun There is nothing wrong with the ruqya as long as there is no shirk in the ruqya. So as, as I mentioned the prohibition of a nushirah, there is a prohibition with regard to those ad'iyah which contain shirk. So a person must ensure that any dua they read is, has tawhid and is from the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam. And if it is not from the sunnah, it is in accordance with Al-Qur'anul Kareem and the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah wasallam. Additionally, Rasulullah wasallam said, Alaykum bi Al-Qur'ani wal-asli, which is narrated by Al-Imamul Hakim in his Mustadraq that Rasulullah ﷺ said, you should use two cures. What are they? Al-Quran Wal asl which is honey. Now, of course, honey has its uses. There are many types of use that can be utilized with pure honey. Honey that is not uh, affected by modern means. Of course, this would mean organic honey. A person acquires organic honey and they can recite Quran on the honey and eat from the honey. So there is a cure in Al-Quran Al-Kareem and things like honey. Similarly, in another hadith, in the Sunan of Imam Al-Nasai, the milk of cows is mentioned as a shifa, why? Because this is in reference to wild cows, cows that were permitted to to graze openly on, on the fields, because they would eat from various shrubs and herbs. Those shrubs and herbs have different, different medicinal uh, effects a remedial uh, or effects which give remedy to a person who drinks from that milk So with regard to reciting Al-Quran Al-Kareem A person can recite even Surah Al-Fatiha When they recite on a patient In one Sahabi radiallahu anhu simply recited Suratul Al-Fatiha On a person who had a scorpion bite And he continuously read Surah Al-Fatiha And the person was cured and Rasulullah said, what made you understand that it is Ruqya? Of course the Sahabi understood it was Ruqya because the general the entire Qur'an is shifa. We reveal from this Qur'an, which is a shifa I and mean, a mercy for the believers. So the companion understood this and recited from Al Quran al-Karim. So regular recitation is a prevention of magic and sihr, remember if a person is not praying his five daily prayers, they are not staying in a state of tahara, they are carrying out haram, if they do not do ghusl bathing after the major impurities and they do not do things like istinja, basic purity and they do not avoid muharramat, haram actions, then they will be afflicted by sihr, by jinn by magic, by jinn, and the the evil eye. Of course, when they go to these false peers, the peers will never tell them to adopt the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All they do is they tell people to give them money. If they do not ask for money, they make people give bay'ah to them, and join their cult. This is something that should be avoided, because in reality, these peers are not there to help. Additionally, what is mentioned in the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa is that anyone who recites the du'a la shayun fil samai alim? If they recite this du'a three times daily and in the evening, nothing will harm them. This is the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, "Whoever reads this du'a in that day or night, nothing will ever harm him." And this has been narrated from Sayyidina Uthman radiyallahu ta'ala an. Additionally, what is mentioned in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, مَن تَصَبَّحَ كُلَّ يَوْمٍ سَبْعَ تَمَرَاتٍ عَجْوَةً Whoever wakes up every morning and he eats seven dates, عَجْوَةً dates, لم يَضُرَّهُ فِي ذَلِكَ الْيَوْمِ Summun وَلَا سِحْرٌ Poison will not harm him and neither will سِحر magic. What that means with regard to the poison is on that day, no poison is decreed for him to drink, for to to drink or eat. It does not mean you test Allah subhanahu wa taala by purposefully eating seven dates and then drinking poison. That will never work. So uh, the hadith here mentions, and this hadith is narrated by Imam Muslim and Imam Bukhari, that if you eat ajwa dates. This will prevent any sihr. So, a person, if they want protection, they can order ajwa dates from Al Madinatul Munawarah every day, even in some narrations, it mentions one date, an odd number. You eat a date, you give your children to eat dates, this will prevent any type of sihr. Similarly, with Zamzam water, what is mentioned with regards to Zamzam water? In the Sunan of Ibn Majah that Zamzam water is for whatever it is drunk for whatever intention and purpose you drink Zamzam for so a person who drinks Zamzam regularly he will never be afflicted with regard to Sihar to summarize this I would say prevention is very simple you pray your five daily prayers you do not do Haram you stay in a state of Tahara and you recite your Suratul Al-Falaq, Surah Al-Nas, Surah Al-Ikhlas Daily, you see, ayatul kursi, you eat your ajwa, you will be protected from all types of sihr, from all types of magic. The second phase is if someone now has been afflicted by sihr or they have been afflicted by jinn possession, how do they cure themselves from this? One of the means of doing this is from the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa al hijama What is al hijama? Cupping. Rasulullah had cupping applied on his blessed head. But of course, the cupping must be done by a health professional, someone who is licensed in doing al hijama, who can determine whether the hijama is applicable to you. For instance, if someone has diabetes, or if someone has high blood pressure, or if someone has heart related issues, or if the climate is not right for al hijama, if the diet is not right, all these. Factors are determined by a health professional who looks at your case and then carries out the hijama. What effect the hijama can have is it can release a jinn from the body. And as I mentioned, jinn possession doesn't mean that the jinn controls you robotically. It entails that the jinn is inside of your body and causes certain symptoms. It doesn't entail that someone behaves like a robot or a puppet that is controlled by a jinn. So the hijama can remove the jinn and the effects of sihr Additionally, if someone sees a dream where they are informed with regard to where the sihr is hidden, this can happen. A believer, if he does dua to Allah, he has tawheed and he does dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or Allah reveal to me the location of the sihr in the dream, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes reveals to them the location of the sihr. If they go and locate the ta'weed upon which the sihr is written, or upon which the hairs may be tied They can find The ta'wid upon which The jinn is bound The sihr is by binding the jinn To certain magic rituals And they can dispose Of that m- magic by burning it Or disposing of it in water Until it dissolves uh, But the best way is by actually burning it And ridding oneself's, uh, uh, oneself Of that sihr So this is after the sihr has been done. A third way of removing the sihr is that a person gets seven lot tree leaves, sidr leaves, Sidr leaves. And what they do, and this method has been mentioned in the Hashi of Ibn Al-Aabdin and other works, many books mention this method. This would fall into the neutral zone methods. Those methods which do not contradict the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. They grind the sidr leaves. And then what they do? They mix those cedar leaves with water, with fresh water. And they recite upon those leaves the following. Firstly, they recite Ayatul Kursi. After "A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem, they recite Ayatul Kursi. Then they recite Wa ila Musa, all the way to Rabbi Musa wa Harun, which is Suratul A'raf, verse 117 to verse 122. The verses will appear on the screen. After which the person recites from Surah to Yunus, السلام, verse 79 to 82. Then the person recites from Surah to Taha, verse 65 to 70, and then Surah Al-Kafirun, followed by Surah Al-Ikhlas. Then they recite, Surat al-Falaq and Surat al-Nas. All of these verses are recited, and suar chapters of the Quran, the person blows on the water, he drinks from some of the water, and then he bathes himself with the water. This insha'Allah will break the sihr, the magic, or any jinn possession. It will decrease the effects of the jinn possession. A person, if they still have the ailments after, they keep doing this practice it will continuously weaken the jinn or weaken the sihr. The fourth method from the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is the Ruqya. Now, some people are under the impression that in order to do the Ruqya, you need to be a professional. The answer is, this is incorrect. The Ruqya itself is from the Sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Anyone who prays five times a day is able to recite the Quran, does not do any haram acts can carry out the Ruqya. They can do the Ruqya. In fact, an Imam of a Masjid found me, he was under the impression that you need permission to do a Ruqya. This is because the Peer market has taken over the Sufi circles to the point that many of the people in the Sufi community, they are under the impression you cannot carry out the Sunnah acts except with the permission of a Peer. This is totally incorrect. And what this has led to is that the Salafis are leading the way in terms of reciting the ruqya people. When in reality you do not need ijazat to carry out these sunnah acts. To do the sunnah of the Prophet you do not need a license or permission. Anyone can do the ruqya. So instead of going to peers, every household should have people who recite the ruqya, al Quran, who recite the ruqya in the houses, and people from the Tulabul Ilm. And the Immatul Masajid, the Imams of the Masjid, they should all be reciting the Ruqya. If people have ailments, they can go up to them and they will recite the Ruqya to them if they have time. This is of course taken, the Ruqya is taken from the Sunnah of Rasulullah What is mentioned in a Hadith is that a Bedouin came to Rasulullah The Bedouin was affected. They say his brain was affected. His mind was affected. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa read the following. Firstly, he read Fatihatul kitab which is Surah Al-Fatiha. Then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam recited وَأَرْبَعِ آيَاتٍ مِنْ البقرتي, The first four verses of Surah Al-Baqarah. Then he recited وسطيها, Two verses from the middle. Which verses were those? Those were verses وإلهكم إله واحد، وآية الكرسي أن آيات من أول البقرة، four verses from the beginning of al-baqarah. Wa وآيتين من وسطها، two verses from the middle which were وإلهكم Ilahu واحد، وآية الكرسي، and then آيات من خاتمتها، three verses from the end of Suratul baqarah وَآيَةٍ مِنْ آلِ Imran And the Sahabi الله mentions a verse from Surah Al-Imran which is شَهِدَ اللَّهُ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّهُ وَآيَةٍ مِنَ الْعَرَافِ And one aya one verse from Surah araf which is إِنَّ رَبَّكُمُ اللَّهُ الَّذِي خَلَقُ and, and a verse from Surah Al-Mu'mineen, وَمَنْ يَدْعُ مَعَ اللَّهِ إِلَهَا آخَرَ لَا بُرْهَانَ لَهُ بِهِ And, and a verse from Surah jinn which is, صَاحِبَةً وَلَا, ولا وَعَشْرِ آيَاتٍ مِنْ أَوَّلِ السَّافَاتِ And the first ten verses of Surah safat min آيَاتٍ مِنْ آخِرِ الْحَشْرِ And the last three verses of Surah Al-Hashr and قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٍ and المعويدتين. This is known as the Ruqya. This is recited on people who have symptoms of Sihr. Of course, there are different types of Sihr. There's different types. Those are mentioned in the works but a person can recite this Ruqya on a daily basis as many times as they want. It will make the patient feel better. What the hadith states, فَقَامَ قَدْ بَرَأَ لَيْسَ لبيه بأسن, That he stood up and he was better and there was nothing wrong with him. So this is known as the Ruqya. And we have inserted the verses in the screen so you can check the verses and you will find in the description also the verses uh, the entire verses of the ruqya You will have the entire ruqya written down in the description You can print this out Memorize this or read it from the printout And recite this on the person on a daily basis Additionally From the sunnah of Rasulullah Is certain ad'iyah, supplications For instance From the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu is the dua Bismillahi arqika Min Kulli Shayin Yu'viqa? Min sharri Kulli Nafsin? O Ainin Hasidin? Allahu Yashfiqa? Bismillahi Arqiqa? So this dua is recited on the patient or the person and you blow the dua numerous times. Similarly, from the Sunnah of Rasulullah, is the dua bi wa wa this dua can be recited on the person also. Similarly, from the sunnah of Rasulullah, is that if a person, and this is narrated in the jami'ah of Imam and the sunnah of Imam Abu Dawood, that if a person visits another person and says seven times. He reads the following dua, seven times. Inshallah, the person will be cured. What is that dua? أَسْأَلُ Rabb al-Arsh al and yashfiak. You read this seven times and blow on the patient. Inshallah, they will be cured. Similarly, from the sunnah of Rasulullah when someone has a pain, you place your hand on the pain. If it's a patient, you place your hand on them. If it's a woman, you instruct her to place her hand and a man should not be in isolation with the woman alone. There should be some mahram, a relative of the woman present. The person recites, Bismillah, 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 three times. And then, A'udhu bi'izzatillahi wa qudratihi min sharri ma ajidu wa uhadir this they read seven times on the pain. Inshallah ta'ala, the pain will go. This, hap, this can be read on tooth pain, headaches, all types of pains of the body. Additionally, what also is mentioned from the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Allahumma rabban nasi adhibi basa wa anta shafi la shifa'a illa shifa'uk. Shifa'an la yugadiru saqman. That these are all what ad'iyah for supplications for cures so these are in summary what people can do if they suffer from uh, those ailments of jinn as well as sihr with regard to the black eye or the evil eye what is related from the companions Ali for instance in the Shah al-Sunnah of al-Baghawi from Sayyidina Uthman عنه, that what he said uh, regarding a child place a black spot on the chin of the child this will protect them from the evil eye so this is proven from the sunnah sunnah of the sahabi regarding whom Rasulullah sallallahu sunnati wa said the rightly guided caliphs Sayyidina Uthman عنه, commanded them to place a black dot on the chin of a child that it will protect him from the ayn, from the bad eye Similarly, what has been mentioned in the Sunnah is that when a child has Ayn, re- or anyone has Ayn, you recite upon them seven times Suratul Ikhlas, seven times Suratul Falaq, seven times Suratul Nas, and blow on them, inshaAllah the b- bad eye will be removed. Also, whenever you see something that you like, you recite, MashaAllahu la quwata illa billah, Allahumma bari- barik This will protect the person from the evil eye. What also is mentioned, this is in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad, is the Ruqya is recited. So the Ruqya we've already covered. You blow the Ruqya and oil, and you place the, the olive oil on the skin on the person who has been afflicted by the evil eye. What is also proven from the Sunnah of Rasulullah is that if the person who has given the Ain is known, this can be done how? firstly the person who has the ain, ayn happens suddenly and the person may suddenly have observed the person and not said Allah" and they fall ill you have that person perform wudu and if someone is requested to do this wudu they should not be offended if they have given the bad eye because the bad eye can happen from a believer also who doesn't say MashaAllah, La quwwata illa billah you perform the wudu the remnant water that falls into the bucket you Throw this over the patient from over your shoulder. So the person, the patient, sits behind. You throw it over. This is from the Sunnah of Rasulullah But if the person is unknown, then you follow what I mentioned with regard to reciting Suratul Ikhlas seven times, Suratul Falak seven times, and Suratul Nas seven times. What is also mentioned by some of the mashaykh, and this is from the from the Quran. So there's no bid'ah in this. Is that you recite and Salam upon Rasulullah eleven times and then twenty-eight times the last verses of Suratul Qalam, which is why kafaroo la This these verses, the last verses of Suratul Qalam, to the end of the surah you recite twenty-eight times. You recite salawat and salam eleven times, you blow on the face of the patient and then you recite Surat Al-Fatiha on water and you drink the water yourself, insha'Allah you will not be, have the effects of these, the eye going on yourself This is also mentioned with regard to uh, the eye. Lastly, what else has been mentioned with regard to the cure for sihr, magic or jinn is, or the ailments of the, the eye you get a bottle of water you recite 184 times Suratul al and Suratul nas 184 times each and you blow into the water. Then you drink from this water and you do not allow the water to diminish halfway. You keep filling up, you top up the bottle and you keep drinking. You give the the patient the water to drink for 41 days. Inshallah, ta'ala, they will be cured. If there are bad effects in the house, in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu it mentions inna shaytana yanfiru min suratul baqarah. You recite suratul baqarah, which is two and a half juz of the Quran daily. Now, some people, they become disappointed when you tell them to recite the Quran in the house. They just want to play the Quran or they want someone to come into the house and recite the Quran for them. This is why they go to false peers because someone else will do the hard work for them. Or it's an easy job if someone just writes something on a piece of paper. They do not want to make change in their lives. So they do not want to recite. But in reality, sometimes you may be afflicted by jinn or sihr because you are turning away from the Quran and you are turning away from the sunnah and turning away from your five daily prayers. So sometimes you may have to recite two and a half juz of Quran in your house daily or have someone recite one juz, you recite one juz and someone recites half a juz of Suratul Baqarah. Similarly, if you recite the entire Quran in the house, the bad effects in the house will go. But if you have haram music playing in the house, you have haram acts being done in the house, you have no one praying in the house, no no one is punctual in their salah, you have people not doing ghusl, bathing themselves, in the house, then the house will have bad effects. Uh, additionally, a khatmatul Qur'an, a reciting the entire Qur'an in the house is also beneficial. What else is mentioned in the hadith? If someone recites the first three verses of Surah Al-Baqarah, or the first four verses of Suratul baqarah then the three middle verses that are in Surah Al-Baqarah from uh, Wa ilahukum ilahum wahid, Including Ayatul Kursi, and then the last three verses of Suratul Baqarah. Inshallah, Taala, the evil effects of sihr and shayateen will be the jinn. will be removed from their homes. This, in summary, is the total cure for these issues. Instead of people running to false practitioners or going to people who are deviated and falling into bidah in innovation in the religion of Allah Subh'anaHu wa ta'ala we ask Allah Subh'anaHu wa ta'ala to ena- enable us to act upon what has been said aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullaha wa lakum wa